Hello, and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host and health coach, Ellie Rome. So for those of you new to this podcast, welcome. My name is Ellie. I was a former chemical engineer, gone health coach after a lifelong sugar addiction, binge eating, a very toxic relationship with food. I ended up developing thyroid issues, autoimmune issues, gut issues, the list goes on. I was gaining weight, had horrible brain fog, chronic fatigue, and I didn't know what was happening. My body was breaking down. I went to six different doctors, all of whom just kind of handed me prescriptions for different things. No one was asking why. No one was asking what I was eating or how I was managing stress. And that wasn't until I went to a functional practitioner who opened my eyes to realize that so many of the foods I was eating and the way I was coping with stress were breaking my body down. And foods that were commonly deemed as healthy, things like wheat bread or yogurt or just these packaged foods that looked healthy that in fact were driving massive inflammation in my body. So whenever I transformed my diet, my world completely changed. I, got my, I had so much energy, lost all the weight, felt so good in my body. And for the first time in my life, didn't crave sugar, which I did not think was humanly possible. And then from that point, really dove into the mindfulness and overcoming binge eating and emotional eating. And that is what I love to teach and love to coach people on because I struggled with it so bad. And I think what they say, your mess is your message. And so that's what this podcast is about, is about offering you tools that I use, that I use with my clients to transform your health, to reclaim your power and to feel confident in your food choices. So I know for me, I just wanted to feel in control because I felt so out of control when it came to food. Ultimately, that control gave me freedom, freedom from not obsessing about restricting or dieting or constantly thinking about food all the time. It was like it cleared up so much brain space. And, I, and if you're within the midst of sugar addiction and, and binge eating right now, please know that you're not alone and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I thought it was, I, would, I couldn't fathom not craving sugar. I didn't think that was humanly possible but it is. And so if you need help, reach out and listen to this podcast and, and just know that take it one day at a time. And also before we begin this episode, I do want to tell you all about the upcoming 21 day reset. So this is the mindful belly 21 day reset. I typically lead it about three times a year and this next one will be September 20th. So what it is, it's 21 days with me. I'll be taking you through a very practical paleo style approach. We're going to be getting off foods that are very common in driving inflammation, to optimize your energy, to lose weight, to feel so good in your body, and to do this in a way that's sustainable. That's one huge piece of this program is not only telling you what to eat, I can tell you that all day, but if it's not sustainable, then what's the point? So it's simple swaps, how to make this so much easier so that you have a new default mode. So when life hits and things get stressful, you have things to reach for. You know what to go and grab in the drive-through that's not gonna completely derail you. And on the other hand, it's not just telling you what to eat. It's teaching you the mindfulness piece, which is so often missed so that these habits can last. It's about teaching you how to wake up to your autopilot behaviors, self-sabotage, perfectionism, the all or none mentality where it's like, oh, I already ate a cookie, so I might as well binge on all the things. So it's kind of diving deeper into the habits that drive a lot of destructive eating patterns so that you can change for the long term. And this is how I broke through sugar addiction and binge eating. It wasn't just telling myself, don't eat sugar. That works for me. For me, it worked for maybe like 24 hours and then I would binge. So it's really 
about learning how to cope with stress, with emotions, and understand why you're reaching for the food in the first place. And you're going to be part of an amazing group of people that are in this together. The group size is usually 30 to 50 people. And I'm with you in it. So I am with you the whole way. You can ask me questions. I will be live coaching you. And so you will have the support and accountability to show up for yourself consistently. And this is not about perfection. We focus on up-leveling. We focus on intention and doing 1% better each day. And that's going to lead to massive transformation. On top of that, it also includes live fitness classes with me and yoga classes. We have guest expert workshops that you can attend and also meditations. I'll be guiding you through live meditations and breath work, which all that stuff is optional, but it's available to you. You would get all the recordings too. So if that interests you, get signed up. If you've got questions about it, feel free to reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram at mindfulbelly and that is in the show notes. All right, y'all. Today's episode, I'm so excited to share with you. It's with my friend, Katie Yurko. Katie lives here in Austin and we have a shared passion for biohacking and for just a holistic individualized approach to healing. So Katie is a blogger and she's a longtime researcher on all things health and wellness. And she has her own history of severe gut issues, depression, disordered eating, and she was living on prescription drugs. She was not getting the answers that she was looking for through Western medicine. So she took her health into her own hands. And after studying the power of superfoods and adaptogens and their ability to support healing and help calm inflammation, she created Violet Fog Potions. And Katie has an amazing health blog and she gives daily health tips on Instagram. So definitely check her out at violetfog.com or Katie Yurko on Instagram. And that those links are in the show notes. All right. So in this episode, we dive into all things Katie's journey, gut health, depression, anxiety, sugar addiction, candida, so many things. So I hope you enjoy. And if you do, it would mean the absolute world if you could leave a review on iTunes and share how you're liking this podcast or any comments or feedback that you have for me. And I love connecting with y'all. So DM me on Instagram anytime. Let me know what you're working on. And yeah, enjoy the show. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, girl? I'm so good. I'm so excited for this conversation and that you're on here. Oh, me too. I was just watching your stories this morning, how you said, like, envision your 10 out of 10 self and then envision your two out of 10 self. I was like, ooh, that's potent. I'm going to take that into my day. And it really did make a, a, a difference in how I started my day. Oh, I'm so happy that that resonated with you. It, it helped me. Like my friend told me about it yesterday and I've just been thinking on that all day. Just like- I love that. You're the queen of gems like that to just keep in your pocket throughout the day. <laughs> you, Katie. Well, awesome. And so I guess to begin, I would love to just ask you to share about who you are and how you got into the work that you do. Yeah, so my name is Katie Yurko. I'm so happy to be here. I- Say I'm. I call myself a wellness reporter and researcher because I am a mad researcher woman, and I love to report on health trends and either like debunk them or find validity to them. I really like to break down scientific studies into girl talk because I feel like there's so much cool stuff going on in the science world that most people will kind of gloss over it because it's so complicated. And I find it that way too in the beginning, but like I found a way to kind of like break it down, and I feel like it's 
knowledge that we should all know. So I like to just package it up and, you know, just like health and wellness and like a fun, fun talk. So I've been doing that for years now on my blog and then I'm very active on socials. And then I have a superfood blend company. We call them potions, violet fog potions. And our whole thing is nourishing adrenals and nourishing the blood and not using sweetener. Um, so it's something that you can make in the morning or afternoon. I know we'll talk about those later, but right now we launched our first blend and it's the stress and stamina blend and it's doing super well. That is awesome, Katie. Thank you. And so how does it all this get started? how do you even get interested in the research about this? Um, so I have been into this for gosh, like eight years now. I have, um, actually honestly longer than that. I've always been into health and wellness, but um, I started just being really into, into this stuff when my health was kind of at a, at a low and I was getting no, I was getting nothing from Western medicine, like whatsoever. I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I was like, I, and like, you know, we can get into my story a little bit more like, you know, later or whenever, but I was just like, I need to figure this out on my own because I'm not getting any answers here. I can't yet afford to go see a functional medicine doctor. So you know, I hit the books and it was, you know, that was, that was the start of it. And I just became massively obsessed with health and wellness. Yes. I have a similar story and that I would love to dive into like, what, what were you experiencing at the time that, that Western medicine was failing you? So I, I've always been a big time sufferer of UTIs, like very, very, very big time UTIs. And to the point where like I had, I've had thousands in my life. And I was like, you know what, like this is, it, it was just, and if you've ever had a UTI, you know, it really it drastically like takes away from your quality of life. And, um, I started life on antibiotics and then had taken multiple antibiotics. I'd have doctors tell me all the time. Like I would only have a normal life if I took consistent antibiotics all the time. I never once had them say like, Hey, like be worried about your gut health or like, or make any connections to other things that was going on in my life because all those antibiotics destroyed my gut from a very, very, very young age. And so I experienced massive depression and anxiety, all of my twenties fatigue, um, you know, which like just led me down the rabbit hole to other things like addictions. And, you know, cause when you're in a depressed state, you feel like you can't get out. You do things to numb yourself. I was very much that person. So I was experiencing you know, gut health, UTIs. I mean, it was just horrible. And um, at, yeah, at that time, that's, that's really when I was like, okay, I got to do something about this because life is just not good at that time. Yeah. And what do you feel like you got? What were your first steps? So like you hit kind of a breaking point of like, this is not working. And what were your initial steps? So the initial like breaking point was, I, so I had just moved to Austin, Texas. I just started dating Dan, my partner. Um, I wouldn't say like just started dating because I did move in with him like in Austin, but we were long distance before that. And, um, and I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker to the point where like, by the time I moved there, I was sleeping for 16 hours a day. I finally had seen a functional medicine doctor. We came to find that I was barely absorbing any nutrients whatsoever. And, um, 
you know, and she was just like, you, she's like, you really have been failed by the Western, you know, medicine like system. I can't believe that they never once like saw your case and said, like, you need to find the root cause. Like you are going to die. She had never seen a case of so many antibiotics used before. She was floored and like to the point where she was just like, you're going to be a case study for me because, you know, I've just never encountered someone that's taken this many antibiotics and like, you know, really like live, not live to tell about it, but like, she just couldn't even believe that, you know, that I wasn't like totally bedridden at that point. And so, or like riddled with more diseases. And, um, and so I'd say, yeah, that, that was the, the breaking point. I finally saw her and started to turn some things around. Yeah. And I guess for, for you, what, what did you turn around? What was the starting points on like action steps? So the first thing, so like I, um, and one thing I can't wait to talk to you about is like candida and like sugar addiction, you know, like I was just, I was so massively addicted to sweets. It was like, and I used to make jokes about it. Like it was like this cute thing. I'd have candy in my purse all the time, you know, but like, I look back and I was just like, man, my gut was in just such dysbiosis. Um, and so the very first thing that we did is we did like a huge elimination diet and, um, and just like, you know, she's like, you need to create a environment for your gut that is the perfect environment to heal, you know, because like, I didn't even start off life with like, you, you start life with this like lush forest of like good bacteria in your gut. I like never even got to start that way. And so, you know, she's like, we really just need to like create that environment. You're going to be on the strictest diet of your life for the next six months to repair like this type of damage. You know, it was like so far gone like way far gone than like her average case of like, you know, working through gut health and she had seen, she's like, this is like going to be one of those things where she's like, when I say no gluten, like, I mean, like not even a speck, not even like one cheat, you know, like no, no alcohol, no sugar, um, no soy, no corn. Like it was just like, we had to eliminate anything that could be even remotely, um, like triggering for inflammation in my gut. And so, um, so I did that for six months. That was like the first thing. And that actually made such a huge, it was so tough, no caffeine. It was the toughest thing that I've ever done in my life. And like, and that's not a diet that you stay on for life. Like that is definitely one of the, like, you're doing big time repair and then you can slowly add things back in. Cause I do believe like we're meant to enjoy things, you know, but that was, that was step one to healing the gut was, you know, refiguring out my diet. Yes. And I think this is so huge. And, um, so when you say elimination diets, for people who are new to this, so you said for you, it was no gluten, no dairy, or you didn't even say dairy. Did you eat dairy? Was that like, yeah, no dairy, was there, um, no soy, no sugar, no alcohol, no corn. Was it other grains? Did you eliminate other grains? She was okay with like grains that weren't, weren't gluten, you know, like later on, I would come to find that like, like later on down the line, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which like ended up making a whole lot of sense for Hashimoto's runs in my family. And I've always had some like thyroid issues and that like, you know, you need a diet of its own for that. But like, I had already done a lot of gut repair by the time I got that Hashimoto's diagnosis. And so like now like with the Hashimoto diagnosis, I, I eat a little bit differently than I did in that initial repair diet. But I think like back then she was actually like, okay with me doing some grains, but like the more that I read about it, just other expert opinions, not, not all of them would be pro grain totally. during that kind of a repair. Yeah. 
And so what did you notice in your symptoms over those six months? What shifted? So I like, I mean, the first month was really, really tough. You know, like I, it's not like an overnight thing. Gut health takes it takes so long to repair that. But like what kept me going is I just knew like time's going to pass no matter what. It is so worth it for me to keep going on this journey. If like every day I get closer and closer to healing, that's okay. Even if it takes me years, which I do believe that sometimes like you can be that far gone that it does take years, but it's so worth it. Like a lot of people would hear that and they would get discouraged. Like, I don't want to, you know, like suffer through like all this, like have to do all this like healing stuff for years. But to me, I'm like, but if you end up getting better each day, then it's, you know, do it. It's just so worth it. And so I really like stuck to it that six months. I was so strict, even like, go like, I remember going through Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of that stuff. And just like, you know, sticking to my diet. And I remember like after a month, I did start to feel a whole lot better. Like I started to get more of a normal sleep cycle. Like I was sleeping a whole lot less, which is a good thing. I was, you know, went from like 16 hours of sleep to like 12 hours then to 10 hours. And so and now I can like get by with, you know, eight hours, even seven hours I can get by, but I try to do eight to nine. But I remember like that getting better. I remember like my mood started to shift because my neurotransmitters started working better. My hormones, you know, started working better. And so um, I'd say those were like the initial symptom relief things that I saw in the beginning. Yes. And for you, I guess like kind of touching back to the candida and the sugar, like what was your how did that go? Like getting off of sugar? What was it like for you? So I would say, okay, so I'm just gonna be completely honest here. So I did not get a candida diagnosis, like right then, because we didn't test for it. We test for all this other stuff. And it can be really expensive to do all this testing. And I was just like, I can't do I can't afford another test right now. Let's like do this. But I remember her saying, like, I suspect just due to what you tell me, like you're craving sugar all the time. Like you're probably, you probably are suffering from some, from some candida. Like we won't visit that yet. We'll do like other repair. And then like, you know, years later, I still, I naturally like started just curing my own kind of like sugar addiction, you know, just from like learning specific things. And I just like always like, was like, I really just do think looking at the symptoms of candida, I'm like, that kind of makes sense for my own life. And how could I have taken over, you know, close to a thousand rounds of antibiotics and not had candida? It's just like, to me, it's like nearly impossible. Um, And so really just very recently, I got tested for candida and saw that I still do have some candida lurking. And so it's like been the first time that I've like, attacked it even more so like been even more you know when like you you have a wellness practice and you do it but then there's like a timeline where you hone in even more like you're like okay time to take it to the next step that's kind of like what I'm in right now with um with sugar so I think your question was like what am I doing right to break it yeah yeah so so right now I'm very, I think the main thing that helps me and it's, it sounds so boring, but is balancing blood sugar levels with all of my meals. I've just, I've been placing more of an emphasis on that. Like I've been just, you know, instead of like, cause I typically am like a very heavy carb eater and I've kind of just like realized that that doesn't necessarily work for me. And life is kind of like survival of the fittest and my gut just isn't like just due to my like background, how I grew up and everything and all that, those use of antibiotics, I'm probably still going to have a lot of work on my gut for like a while to do. So like, I can't 
be having carbs all the time. It's just if I want to feel my best self, you know, but I also like don't want to be keto. And I like, I don't like to even like label like what I'm doing. It just, I'm so big into bio-individuality of what works, but like for the first time, I really am trying to reduce my carb intake. I try to do like less than 80 grams right now, just to keep like my candida low, but just like thinking more about adding in protein, adding in fat to every meal has helped me so much with my sugar addiction. Yes, Katie, I love this. Yeah. So in, in total agreement about the bio-individuality and and just the, the focusing on like right now for why you're continuing to heal that, that, that lower carb approach to be mm-hmm. helpful for that. For sure. And I would love to know just like throughout your life, like what is, when it comes to relationship with food or sugar or like emotional eating, how, how are you with all that? So I'm definitely, I definitely do skew towards more of an emotional eater. You know, like I've just noticed little patterns in my life, like where sometimes I'll be so frustrated or like upset about something that I'll go straight to the fridge, open up the door and like see something that I can nibble on, you know? And I'm like, why do I do that? Like, that's like, that's very clear that I am using food as kind of like emotionally coping. And I might be someone who's like, really good on my diet and I'm like a biohacker and I'm all about like eating my my best you know like I might be choosing super healthy stuff but like you know I might have like this like no refined sugar dairy-free chocolate but it's still chocolate in my fridge you know what I mean and it's like so even though I'm like reaching for something that like might not trigger a food allergy I'm still oftentimes like using food to cope emotionally and like, to, to be honest, like I am still struggling with that sometimes. And I'm still like kind of trying to find like coping mechanisms for stress, which has been like a really big theme for my whole life. Like this last year is finding coping is coping mechanisms for stress. Cause that's something that I really never addressed Ellie for like my whole life until a year ago, coping mechanisms. Yes. And this is, this is awesome, Katie. Thank you for saying this. And I think it's such a, I mean, it's a huge piece of this podcast and like what this is about is just like learning when food, even if it's a superfood, like, well, why am I reaching for it when I know I'm not hungry or like using this as a coping mechanism? I know. I really need your tips on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, first thing is the awareness. So like just the noticing that you're doing it is, is huge. Yeah. And being sure. able to pause in that moment and, and check in with yourself. And I'm curious for you over this last year, what, what forms of stress, like coping mechanisms have you found that have worked for you? Yeah. So, um, I'm very like, I feel like I present myself on the outside as like really laid back, lovey, like very like nice, all of that, but I'm a very cerebral person. And like when things bother me, I tend to like not really project it outward and like, sometimes I think it's important to do that, to talk to people, to have a support group, things like that. For some reason, I've always, and I think it's just a trauma response, honestly, for me that like, since I've been a little girl, I've always felt like I had to kind of like keep the peace around me, never rock the boat, you know, and like, don't bring anyone else down. Your stuff is your own. And I've just always kind of kept it in my head. And like, and to some extent, like it's made me, I feel like a very like strong and independent person, but it's also in some ways I'm sure kind of like roadblock some of my relationships because I never really let people fully in. And also there's a lot of times when I'm sure it would have taken me, you know, I could have like gotten to the bottom of something way quicker had I just kind of like voiced it out loud, even just 
to, to anyone really. So I'm trying to be more open about like talking about those things like with my partner. And I think that helps. Um, also taking more moments of like just punctuation throughout the day of just pausing has helped me so much because there's a lot of times when I would like realize that I would just go throughout my day. And by the end of the day, I'm like, whoa, I've been tensing my stomach or like my bladder all day long, or I've been hunching my shoulders all day long. And I'm like, just now realizing it, or I've been like holding so much tension, tension in my jaw. And like now my teeth hurt. And like, I must've been doing this all day and I didn't even realize. And so I think it's just so easy to do that, especially for people who are super cerebral that like, they just, they don't, you know, they, they just aren't doing these body scans. And so I've been a huge fan of just doing these active body scans a couple times a day, you know, like with my, I've been making like my potion drinks for so long, but like for the, fir- the for the first time in this last year, I'm like the beauty of this time is not just the drink itself, it's the pausing. And so I tell myself like, I'm not allowed to scroll during it. I have to send signals of safety to my nervous system and in like just these like deep super cleansing breaths all the time like I may not be like the best at like breath work and all of that but I I try and I do like my own like little form like throughout the day of just just breaths like that and I've like it just seems so little but I've never done that really before you know maybe I'd hear it I'd try it like one day but I never really stuck to it and now I really do string those moments throughout my day And it's helped so much. And also just trying to see where I emotionally spike and like telling myself it's just not worth it. I have to like soften those spikes because it's, it's stealing energy. It's taking away from healing and other parts of my body. You know, it's not like just serving me on a mental level. So yeah. So working on that, taking my adaptogens helps for sure. Yes. And I definitely want to have into more of that too. And I love this. Oh my gosh. The tools you just shared are, are huge. So so much of it revolves around the being able to spot when you're having like that stress state, the clenched jaw, and being able to like take a breath, breathe, pause in that moment. That's sure. just superpower to be able to do that throughout your day. <laughs> that's where it, it really is. It's harder than people think, but once you start doing it, you realize that it can just change your life. Yes, and I wonder if you could give the audience like an example exactly like where you mentioned. I love it. Emotionally spike to soften those spikes. So like, can you give an example of how that might look? Yeah, totally. So, and I hate to say this, but because it's just like honest talk, I'm just going to go there. So like, let's say I post something, right? Like online and I get a comment that's like not super nice or someone is like, you know, I'm all for intelligent debate, but when it's presented in a way of like, gotcha, like, I just think that that's like, rude and not productive, but I am someone that I'll kind of like stew over that, you know, for a little bit. And like, so like before, like that's something that I would like emotionally spike, just like, you know, who does this person think they are? They're trying to like publicly humiliate me, like blah, 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 you know, and I'll just like spike emotionally. And now like, I'll like see those. And I just, it's so like, that's something that I have realized that I do. So now I kind of train myself to like, okay, Katie, if you get a a mean comment or just like a, you know, one of those annoying comments, like you're just allowed to read it. But right after you have to take a super deep breath. First thing I tell myself, I have to do that. It's just like a before, before I even react and just even that little pause makes such a difference, even in how I respond to it, 
you know, physically like responding to them and also just how I respond to it mentally and like move past it. And I just like, and I just tell myself, it's just so not worth it because I'm trying to heal. And if I'm emotionally spiking all the time throughout the day, and it might just be one little moment, but it actually can make a huge impact on your nervous system for the rest of your day. And I'm not trying to like all of a sudden be running from a tiger in the middle of my day when I'm really trying to give my body this environment to heal. So that would be, that'd be an example of one time that I might emotionally spike. Also a Dan, I'm emotionally spiking him all the time. (laughs) Yes, this is a perfect example. Thank you. And yes, and I think for anyone listening, this is where like to recognize those patterns. And a lot of times it's common themes. And that's where I like start getting really curious with food. Like when I was reaching for sugar or reaching for something sweet, going to the fridge, like what is the common pattern here? Where, what is triggering me in this moment? Like mm-hmm. just wanting a dopamine hit, want bored, like, and just being able to breathe instead, feel that feeling, ride that wave and then like begin again. For sure. Uh, so good. <laughs> and um, I want to ask you about, the adaptogen, so we can move into that. What, what for anyone listening that has no idea what that means? What is an adaptogen? So an adaptogen is a plant that has been scientifically proven and studied to support your HPA access. So that's the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and adrenals. It's like a triangle. Sometimes they even throw in ovaries and thyroid in there, but typically adaptogens are like when referenced in studies, it's about the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and adrenals, which have so much, if not everything to do with emotions. And so, and how your body deals with stress. And so the goal of adaptogens, um, you know, when you find one that works well for your body is it is supposed to over time, help soften your emotional spikes and help your body be able to move more gracefully into parasympathetic, which is your rest and digest more often. It's supposed to help keep your body out of a sympathetic state, which is that fight or flight. You still have to do the, the mental work. Like it's not like you can just take an adaptogen for a while and like be all good. And that's like the key to everything. But I do think it is a huge supporter of that. I feel like it is something that's really, really great for soothing the adrenals. And there's not too many foods out there that directly impact your adrenals, your hypothalamus, your pituitary, but adaptogens is one of them. And so that's why it's a huge thing in our blends. You really also need to keep in, in mind dosages. Some adaptogens like are better for cognitive effects. Some are more better for adrenal stuff. Um, oftentimes they do have overlapping uh, benefits to it. And then, and some of them, like you can see benefits like pretty quick. Other times you have to be in a more long-term relationship with them. Like you have to take them about a month before you really start seeing a difference. But every adaptogen is, is different. But I think that they are just so, so wonderful. I love what they stand for. I feel like taking an adaptogen is also kind of like, a power move in and of itself of saying, I'm taking control of my mental health, my emotional health, and I'm doing things that are going to serve me instead of these like quick fixes, these pills, you know, I'm going to um, do this for myself. Yeah. Against the Western medicine system. I'm not anti-Western. <laughs> I am like pro understanding that you are your greatest healer. And yeah. So for anyone new on this journey too, like, what is your view of, of that, like of Western medicine, of, of being yeah. kind of prescriptions for things? So, um, like, I think we've talked about this before, Ellie, but like, I used to be really addicted to Adderall and antidepressants. And I was just 
you know, really in like looking back now, I'm able to pinpoint the root causes because my gut was so messed up and my gut was so messed up because of all those antibiotics, you know, and I just like, and every doctor that would diagnose me with depression, anxiety, and like want to keep me on the medications, like never asked me about how's your gut health or they would, they would literally know my history of all these antibiotics and not even be able to make to put two and two together. It just blows my mind when now it is the most obvious thing of like when someone is suffering depression or anxiety, of course it could be like other things, but like you have to look to the gut. And I just don't think that there's a big enough emphasis on root cause or gut health in Western medicine. And I think like, you know, I'm not, I've like used to be like very angry. Like if I'm being honest, I really was just like so like angry at like where I had, you know, I, I'm like so young and I am experiencing such severe health issues, but it also like empowered me to like, know like I can heal. I know that I can, I'm a huge believer in God too. And I know that like, he put me on this planet for a purpose and like, you know, maybe my healing journey is going to inspire some other people to know that like, you can do so, even if you have no money, you can do so much to move these like boulders yourself. Sometimes you are going to need some Western medicine. I, I, I take like a thyroid medication that I need and that's technically Western medicine, you know, but like, I will never put my hands like in, or my life in hands of full-blown Western practitioner. Like, thank you for that data. I will come to you like when I need you, you know, but I am my biggest healer. I'm going to find root cause things now. I'm going to look to functional medicine because that is the only thing that has moved the needle for me and has saved me. So yeah, they need to like, you know, we can't be so angry at Western medicine though, because people just are going to get defensive and then nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? I'm really trying to like, be like, okay, I can't just be yelling at Western medicine all the time. Now I need to like, you know, if there's going to be changes, we want to inspire these doctors on the Western medicine side to like, maybe start standing up to these insurance companies and big pharma and saying like, Hey, we need to start using supplements or looking at other approaches, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's so important for people, anyone listening to, to understand this, especially with the mental health, the depression and anxiety. Um, it's amazing how, and even ADHD, like I would go to the, the psychiatrist and he would never ask me what I was eating or my lifestyle or was I sleeping? Never. It was like, Oh, here you go. Here's, oh, you need, oh, it sounds like you need a higher prescription. Yeah. It's like insane to me now. I'm like, what? Never asked me anything. I know. And so many of them, like, I don't know if like this is still the case, but there was the point in time when they would like kind of get like kickbacks or like treated really nicely by these pharmaceutical companies if they had more patients on their medicine. Wow. It's just ridiculous. It is. And it's, it's really mind blowing to me. I didn't realize how many people were on medication until I started coaching. Cause I have intake forms and I want to know what everyone's on. Yeah. Um, and it's in like, just so many people are on anxiety and depression medications. Really? Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, cause I'm not taking intake forms from anyone. I, that's so interesting to know you're wow. You're seeing a lot of that still. Yeah. I'm like not surprised, but I'm also surprised, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah especially with COVID, I can, I feel like that number probably drastically went up too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But I guess for, for you, like the, what do you feel like for someone listening would be the biggest, like you said, boulder movers Mm -hmm. that they can empower themselves, even if they don't have a ton of money for supplements or like what they, what first steps would be. Like two things. I just think more like it's, they're so boring, but it's true. It's stress and sleep. 
And there's so many people who are still at that point. I do not subscribe to like the hustle, hustle, hustle mindset. Yes, like be productive, have a purpose, do things that like fuel your soul, be consistent. But like, if we have that mindset that we can't stop um, and then we're not being productive, it, I think it's so bad for your mental health and people can burn out. And that's one of the worst things you can do for your adrenals. So I think like stress and just giving yourself, if you are extra busy, just still giving yourself like five minutes of pause throughout the day, just a little pause. Everyone has time for at least one, five, it's just five minutes to pause. You know, like I, and I think if you really don't have a five minute pause, you need to reevaluate your life because that is just not healthy. So I think stress because the body cannot heal if it is always in fight or flight. And yeah, you sleep and that's your big, your biggest parasympathetic rest or digest state. But I'm a big believer that that is not enough. I really don't. I think you need to access that parasympathetic, that rest and digest at least like one or two more times throughout the day to really make a difference. And if you, let's say you're not in parasympathetic, parasympathetic or like sympathetic, you're still like somewhere in the middle, at least try to like stay there and not get into that fight or flight and find those emotional spikes because like they really do add up. And another thing of like stress that people, and that's like, you know, you can like work on that for free. You know, you can start like eventually maybe you're like, Hey, I want to enlist a coach or something like someone else, because then you start to like learn the value. You have like more basics maybe, but like that is something that if you had $0, you could start to work on prayer is free. You can look up YouTube videos. You can look at your resources that you put up there. You could go to your Wim Hof thing every Friday. You know, that's like a huge like stress thing. And that's something that you offer to people for free. People can just look for those resources. They're there. So I'd say definitely stress and then sleep. I think if someone is in like a a state of healing, like they need massive healing, I really think like you need to get more sleep than you think. You know, like I really think like you need to get an an extra hour of sleep than you're getting right now. If you're like really trying to to, um, heal something like actively, like let's say you have Hashimoto's and your antibodies have shot up. You need that extra hour of sleep for like a few more months, you know? Let's say like you got any kind of diagnosis and this like active, you know, part of like healing, you just you need to sleep more. And, um, and those are, I believe that those are the two biggest boulders, but then also of course, nutrition, you know, like, like you, you have a whole career around sugar addiction. It is like people need to break that. Like sugar is so awful for the body like the the more that I like read about it the more I read these studies I'm just like holy shit like we are like it's it's this huge epidemic of people who are so addicted that like they can't you know they're fiends for it and and that would be okay if sugar was good for you but I mean it's like hijacking your liver it is causing so much inflammation you know it is causing all these mood disorders. It seriously is impacting people's quality of life. And they don't think that sugar has that much power, but it does. And you see that firsthand. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for saying it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I love everything that you just said. And yeah, it's so true. And so often it doesn't, a lot of people may not even think that they're eating that much sugar, but it's like, it's hidden in so many things. A lot of foods are just breaking down in the body like sugar. That it may not be look like look like it. Totally. Um, yeah, and that's one sad thing too. Some people are really, really trying, but mm-hmm. the marketing on certain foods looks 
it's just a it can be really challenging I know really can um what do you feel like for for people around nutrition any other big needle movers that you would say to address with besides sugar um oh for nutrition Uh uh-huh so like I definitely think you have to find out what your food allergies are not just like things that you're trying to like put down but like or you know do like less of but what are your actual allergies like for me dairy is an allergy for me I get eczema like that and like a snap of a finger if I have a lick of dairy I will get eczema you know so anything that is an allergy it's it is it's not just like symptomatically like serious in like an annoying way like oh no one wants eczema it's like that is also just taking away time from healing if your body all of a sudden has to go tend to this like food that they view as a foreign invader in your body and so like finding out what that is is so important if it's gluten if it's dairy eliminate like one thing at a time or a few things at a time like add them in like everyone has their own like there's so many different elimination diets my whole thing is like just do one work with a coach do something yourself to like figure out what your food allergies are you know there's like food tests which I think can be like really great they're not always super accurate but it can give you a a guideline but like you can figure a lot of that out just for free you know or just like or working with someone who can give you free steps like you might hire a coach but then like like oh I don't want to spend two hundred dollars for this like testing you you can work with them and like by the end of like a month or two like I guarantee you you will unravel what one of your food allergies are so that is like a huge one um you know of course I also like I have a big not vendetta but I think like against seed oils I think like that is something that there, there's just no place for any, in any diet for canola oil, palm oil, grapeseed oil, uh, you know, partially hydrate, hydrogenate, whatever, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Hydrogenated. Yeah. That's like one of the worst, the worst. I just think like that has no room in any diet, no matter what. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Katie. And so I also wanted to ask you around, just like with the back to like kind of the stress piece, because I think it's often underplayed, like we want supplements or things, but like taking, like really taking care of stress. What do you feel? How do you feel like trauma may be playing into gut health? Oh my gosh. Huge. So big. Um, I've also like done a lot of uh, trauma work in, cause I know that like, I have all these trauma responses that add to my stress load. So like in this last year, I've also been like working on that. It's been like one hell of a year for me and like working on stress stuff. But um, trauma is held in your body. Make no mistake about it. And trauma is not just always like, we always think that it's this one big traumatic accident, this car accident, you know, parents getting divorced, something like that, like this huge event. And yes, that is traumatic. That is trauma. But trauma is also like little things that are strung throughout the day all the time. You know, it's like, you know, if you grew up with like a brother that whenever he walks behind you and like smacks you on the back of the head, like every time, you know, and you're always like flinching and like worried about that every day. It might be like a little thing that happens every day, but that is trauma. That adds up as as trauma in the body. If there's like little things that someone like says to you that just like kind of chips away at you every day, that becomes trauma that you start storing in the body in the you know, the body, it tries to protect your mind. And so from this trauma, so it will place your trauma in parts of your body. And like, that's why you see people who are like 
often like hunched all the time. Like maybe they have this trauma of like trying to make themselves really small. You know, maybe like there's just something that makes them feel so sick and twisted that they're literally like twisting up their stomach. They're always holding so much like just tensity in their stomach. Like that will for sure wreak havoc on your gut. You know, we want like these like proud bellies that just kind of like sigh, you know, like a two-year-old that walks around with just this like proud belly, you know, like it's so, but if you're like always clenching your stomach, that's going to impact your gut health, the the function of your gut for sure. Um, and like, again, just being in fight or flight, and that often is like a trauma response, like your body is just tending to that and not healing and not how everything else is, is functioning. You know, like I hold, I hold so much trauma in my bladder. And so like, I've just been like releasing that. And I always like realize I'm always clenching my bladder all the time. And it's something that I still like when I do my body scans, I'm like, okay, I just gotta relax. But that's, that's trauma stored in my body, which is, you know, also probably been a big part of like why I would get so many UTIs all the time. Yes. That makes so much sense. Yeah. With you for this year, like, are there any specific tools that have helped you kind of working through that kind of trauma? Yeah. I, um, so like prayer for me is like huge. Like just, I will go for a walk and I'll talk to God and I come back and I feel like a renewed person and it's like always worth the time. I know that's not for everyone, but just, you know, just for like my story for me works wonders. And I just come back and I feel so good. So I've been doing like more of that and just like talking to God about my traumas, just like more in depth, you know, and that's been like really, really helpful to me. Another thing is I did something called brain spotting. And I did it with this place in Folsom. It's called Pacific Trauma Therapy. They're like the leaders in this. And it's interesting. It's like where you revisit a trauma and you basically stare at a wall at a specific point and then you talk about that trauma and then you'll move to another spot on the wall and then you'll talk about the trauma in the same way. And then you'll move to another spot, like looking at another spot on the wall. And like your brain just starts to make these like different connections you know, like, it's just like, so weird. I remember because like, one of my traumas is this huge car accident that I was in. And I remember talking about that at one point. And by the end of it, I was talking about my grandparents, and just like bawling my eyes out. And like, I didn't even know that there was a connection there. And like, it's wild, but you can release so much trauma quickly. Brain spotting for me, not everything will be for everyone. But it helped me so much. That prayer, those are my two biggest things that have helped me with trauma. Wow. I've never heard of brain spotting. Is that um, done with a, is there a special therapist that are trained in that? Yeah. Okay. Therapists, they're they're trained in it. And then the the place I went to, Pacific Trauma Therapy in Folsom, California, they do Zoom. I did mine over Zoom, you know, and it was still super effective, but they are like the leaders in it. They're the ones that train people to do it. So I highly recommend it. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And I guess then also, I do want to share with everybody about your potions and what they are. So if you could share about the stress blend, what is that? So we wanted to start with it. So we have a few other blends coming out. Of course, there will always be an underlying theme of caring for the adrenals and nourishing the blood in every blend that we put out. That's like very, very important to us. This first one has just a really big emphasis on stress and because I just think it's the most important thing, you know, like we, and like, I really would really try to market it in a way of like, don't just let this be another blend that you just take and you don't think anything of it. 
let this be the time that you get something that's going to like represent something that you want to accomplish for yourself and like an actual lifestyle change. And there's nothing else that you have to buy, like, you know, get the blend. But when you make it, no scrolling, take that five minute pause, make a mind body connection. I'm really trying to get people to like think about their food and drink before they even consume it, just because I think it can strengthen your relationship with food like greatly. And it can also make food perform better for you. You know, like when I eat a, a bowl of blueberries, I could be like, this is awesome. I'm eating a bowl of blueberries and eat it. And it's still good for me. But if I eat a bowl of blueberries and I'm like, man, I'm so excited to get these anthocyanins. This is going to be so good for my eye health. This is going to be so good for my brain health. These antioxidants are just going to be going after, you know, all these like places in my body that need it. This is awesome. I feel like the blueberries will perform even better when I make that mind-body connection. And I'm like cellularly, like turning on on a cellular level. So with potions, that's why I am so big on education. It's like, I don't want, you know, I think a lot of brands would want that quick sell. I don't want that. I want you spending like 20 minutes on the website, researching, cross-referencing before you even buy it. Because when it gets to your hands, I want you to understand how like beautiful and intentional of a blend this is and how like you have made this really conscious decision to get this blend over other blends because like you have done the research and realized that like something in it, you know, could possibly work for you. And so, um, yeah, so it, the first thing is like stress and stamina and this blend really is meant to help soothe adrenals. It gives you a really nice dopamine boost, but like in a very like natural way, that's just like, it's like brain fertilizer. The theobromine and the cacao is so good for your brain. The hushiwu is a Chinese herb. It really gets your blood moving. It's a blood nourisher. You know, the ashwagandha in it is just so incredible for the adrenals. Same with the reishi mushroom, same with maca. And our maca is phenomenal. And all of them are really good for stamina. So it's for people who like want to drink less coffee really, but it's also so much more than that. And the dosages are our thing. Like you need enough to really move the needle. And so like we, we want this blend to work for people. Yes. What did you notice it? Like when you drink it, what do you notice? So I, so I definitely, I notice a lot with adaptogens in general. Like that is like what made me start even re, like I've been researching potion stuff. Like I call them potions, but superfoods and adaptogens. I've been researching that stuff for eight years now. And I like saw in my own life, how well adaptogens do help me out with stress. Again, I always say it's not everything. Like I still have to do like other work, but I do eat in a way to support my adrenals and adaptogens help me greatly with that. So the goal would be is if the potion does work for you on a bio-individual level, you should like over time start to see your emotional spikes start to soften a little bit. And then also it should be able to provide you that really nice dopamine boost. So that's why I love my potion at 2 to 3 p.m. Because that's always when I like kind of hit, I just like hit this slump. And before I would always reach for caffeine or sugar and I would, you know, and that's just, you don't want to do that. It's just, you know, it keeps you up. It's just not good for you. And so this potion is so perfect for that at that time, because it'll rev you internally rev you up again, but not on like a caffeine jittery way. There's only seven milligrams of caffeine in it. And in a cup of coffee, there's like 90 to 120 milligrams. So, and it's very natural from the cacao, but it revs you up again, doesn't disrupt your sleep cycle, which I think is so nice. And then another thing is like, I think if you have circulation issues, I'm not saying this will be for everyone, but I have circulation issues. And I notice that like, I feel a little bit better afterwards. Like I just, 
my limbs feel a little bit more energized. And I, I attribute that to the hush you woo. Yeah. Yes. And I love that it's not sweetened because it, especially for anyone on here, sometimes even the, like the quote, like the healthier sweeteners, maybe like monk fruit or like they can still, for me, like spark a sweet tooth. And so I like appreciate that they're not, they're not sweetened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we wanted to give people the option. Like if you want to add a sweetener do it, but we were always like, don't add that much though. Like you add sort of like a very dash, you know, but I, t- I am now doing my no sweetener. I like full fat coconut milk, half full fat, full, half full fat coconut milk, half water. That's like my favorite way to do it. Oh, awesome. And this is huge, especially for the afternoon spurt, because that's one, like the afternoon cup of coffee like that's such a cascade then if you're not sleeping maybe you are able to fall asleep but it doesn't mean your sleep qualities as well then waking mm-hmm. up the next day then needing more caffeine more sugar like you said and it's just like this ripple so um this is so good yeah and it has four grams of fiber in it too which i think most blends do not have that much fiber in it so i'm very proud of the fiber content in it yeah you know it's essentially just plant so it's also like very friendly for the gut which is also very important to us yeah and for anyone that doesn't know like for adrenal health like you mentioned adrenals a couple times what why are adrenals so important to to honor and take care of oh man like we think like adrenals are so little like there's these tiny organs that sit above your kidneys but they do so much for us and we often think that it has more to do with just stress like if you're like fatigued or full of energy we think we attribute that to the adrenals but it's so much more adrenals are also a hormone factory it's also tied to our immune system it's also tied to our metabolism adrenals are so important and unfortunately when adrenals get like super you know taxed it's really tough to rejuvenate adrenals it's but it's not impossible but it's tough to so that's why i think like we need to be, you know, we're always like thinking about our gut, liver, and that's like so important, but we need to be placing a focus on adrenals just because as a society, we're so stressed out, you know, and like we need to help those little dudes out. Like we got to love them. We've got to love our adrenals. Yes. Thank you, Katie. And awesome. And I guess the last thing I want to ask you is just for anyone who's just starting out on this journey, what are your three biggest pieces of advice? So I would say, um, definitely get a support system, you know, like number one, whether you like find like a coach that really works for you or a program or like just someone to, to talk to, like a healing journey can be really lonely at times, you know? So like find a, find a support system, find like some type of relief, you know, it might be like for me, right. Prayer, like big, big one for me. And just like, having doctors that support me is so, so important. So support system, definitely. Number two, I would say, um, of course, like just work on your sleep, get an extra hour of sleep. Like, I just think that's so important. Get that extra hour of sleep. You are so worth it. Number three would be, um, try to, I honestly, you know what, like you've got me thinking about sugar more than anything. And like, I wouldn't always like say like think that, but I, I do think like, if you have a sweet tooth, because I just think that that's likely tied to candida. And I think candida is causing fatigue, brain fog in so many people. And so, um, and that is tied to gut health. So if that's like the first thing that like you have to work on nutritionally, maybe like go after that and find your food senses, your food allergies. 
Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Katie. This is awesome. I'm sorry if you could hear my dog in the background. He's barking. I was like, oh my gosh. That's okay. Now I'm podcasting. But thank you so much. This was so nice. You're so welcome. And where can people find your blog, Violet Potions? How do they find everything? Yeah. So the potions, they can go to vfpotions.com or on Instagram, we're at Violet Fog Potions. Um, if they just want to follow, follow like my, my sub, my health journey, I'm just at Katie Yurko, K-A-T-E-Y-Y-U-R-K-O. And um, yeah, and I'm active on basically all social channels and we're active with the potion stuff. So you can find us there. Amazing. Thank awesome. you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you.